Hey friends, as a church leader, you know that your ability to execute your vision comes down to staffing, facilities, and programming. All three of those things are fueled by one thing. That is generosity. Generosity is the fuel that drives your ministry engine. We are always trying to learn how to grow and create cultures of generosity that help fuel the vision. I want to introduce you to my friends over at The Giving Church, a brand new sponsor here at Unseminary, and they really do want to help. I love these guys, and you should lean in with them. Visit thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary for a free PDF. It's five ways to grow your church giving. The Giving Church, led by generosity coach, founder, and just amazing guy, Phil Ling, has worked with nearly a thousand churches of all sizes, including the size of your church in 40 different denominations and raised over a billion dollars to fuel incredible ministry. Don't run out of fuel for your ministry. Visit thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary today for your free PDF, five ways to grow your church giving. Again, that's thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. This is the second part of a two-part mega, mega episode. We'll be talking to Kenny twice in one month, which is so good. If uh, you missed our first episode, you need to go back and listen to that. If you're trying to understand who Kenny is, he's a good friend. Uh, He is one of the smartest people I know, and he is a real expert on particularly artificial intelligence as it comes to the church. Um, and you know, he's a communications expert. He's got lots to offer, but today we want to focus particularly on artificial intelligence and what, what, what should we be thinking about? How should, how should that fit into our, our, our mix? But why don't we start Kenny with AI kind of help us at a high level. Let's kind of define some terms. What do we mean by AI? What is that? You know, when, when we hear that word out there, what does that look like? What are, what are some of those kind of at a high level? And then we'll dig into what, what it means to us as a church. Yeah, absolutely. So AI has been the, I feel like the media darling of the year. Uh, Everybody's talking about it. Um, It came onto the scene at mass media in November of this past year because this thing called ChatGPT came out from a company called OpenAI. Now, Mm -hmm. we need to, you know, reverse uh, the the screen a little bit because AI has been with us for a long time. AI is baked in everywhere, whether you use... Um, basic GPS is AI driven or Google autocomplete or your Netflix recommendation queue or um, everything that pops up on Amazon. I mean, there's so many places that AI is used on a daily basis that we already know and accept. Um, mm-hmm. And now there's this thing called generative AI, this version of generative AI that's come out. And I think the reason why it's different, um, it feels different, or the has captured the creative imagination of the general public is it is basically, if you think of it from like a Cliff Notes point of view, um, it's this machine learning, right? Like all mm. the brainiac things that we associate with algorithms and computers and predictions and all the, you know, crunching data, the machine learning AI 
on top of that is layered this thing called natural language processing, right? So these mm -hmm. are, um, you know, new technology techniques that help computers understand, interpret, and then generate the results in human language. So you don't need mm -hmm. to understand how to, you know, have, you know, nerdy glasses and a computer and a lab code and be a scientist to figure out how to actually interact with the AI. Now it's accessible mm -hmm. to you, me, and everybody else. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why. And because generative AI creates new things instead of just analyzing and manipulating uh, existing things, um, and it has all started in a text basis, anything mm -hmm. that is in the realm of text and language, which is mm -hmm. pretty much anything and everything, yes. that's <laughs> why it's applicable to every single industry, every single right. niche, every single level of seniority in an organization, whether you're entry level mm -hmm. or the, all the way up to the head boss, um, it's applicable to everybody. And I think that's why it's taken the world by storm in the last year or so. Yeah, it's amazing. I love uh, The Economist. I read that pretty regularly. And they had an article about six months ago that made a really good point about AI. And they, they that stuck with me. They said, we stop calling it AI once it becomes a normative part of our lives. And so all those things you talked about, GPS, you know, even I remember, I remember Google Autocomplete when it first came out there in like 2010. And I remember being blown away by that. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like it is guessing my next words and getting it right. But, but we just take that for granted now. Now that's like baked into, like, I would be so annoyed if my phone didn't do that, right? If I didn't, you know, when you're typing, it's like, I got to type a whole sentence out. Come on, this is, I don't want to do that. Uh, pretty amazing. That, now, when we think about AI, what I'd love to do is kind of break this conversation into two parts. One, um, you know, what is the impact that AI is having on our people? You know, what kind of pastorally, what should we be thinking about? And then the second part, how could we leverage this for you know, really what we do as a church, as we think about this, you know, it, I would think everybody who is in a knowledge working role of any kind, uh, or maybe just a role in general is thinking about AI. We hear this all the time in the press, like, Hey, this, this it's impacting. It's a part of the writer's strike, what, you know, the out in the West coast. And, you know, it's, you know, there's lots of people are thinking about it. What, how should we pastorally be thinking about AI kind of what is, what is our, you know, the heart of, of a pastoral leader, what should we be wrestling with when we think about AI and its impact on our people? Um, there are, again, because it's so uh, pervasive in terms of its potential ap application, I think there's so many questions and issues that AI brings up, especially from a pastor's point of view. Um, right. So I think, you know, number one is the thing that is driven by fear, right? Mm -hmm. I like to say there's a lot of FOMO in our life. FOMO <laughs> used to be the word of the year for, you know, a couple yes. years ago for social media. Now the word of the year is FOLO, fear of looming obsolescence, right? So we mm -hmm. all know the storylines oh, wow. in Hollywood and, and, and what AI is. It's, it's the Terminator. It's, you know, it's going to take over the world. And mm -hmm. on a real practical basis, there's a lot of fear right now that it's going to take over people's jobs. And so job displacement, I think, is a real concern to our people, um, both our own staff, as well as the people in our congregations about their own livelihoods. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of questions there of what is the responsibility of a ministry versus a Wall Street company, right? A Wall Street company mm -hmm. will just cut because it's all transactional. Um, mm -hmm. But we look at our own staff and people as um, humans, and it's very different mm -hmm. than just a bottom line P&L statement. So mm -hmm. 
do is is there a responsibility to upskill them, reskill, um, to protect their jobs in a way that makes it sustainable? So there's all these questions there. I think that's one of those big issues. I think another one is um, psychological concerns, dependent over dependence mm-hmm. on technology. Um, mm-hmm. There is um, is it the movie Wall-E? What was the movie where? Um, it depict the animated movie that depicted our society where we just become lazy butts and just yes. watching TV 24 <laughs> yes. seven with Barker lounge chairs in the air and just sipping, yes. you know, yes. sugar field sodas all day. And yeah. <laughs> um, so right there, there's this sense of over-reliance on technology and AI specifically can, you know, basically plummet mm-hmm. our own problem solving abilities, cognitive skills mm-hmm. and all, you know, and then that leads mm-hmm. to our own identity and self-worth. If you're not actually doing stuff and, and creating mm-hmm. meaning and you're just relying on everything, you're just coasting along, what does that mean for that and mental health? Mm-hmm. I think that's an mm-hmm. issue. Um, I think there's spiritual concerns. Um, hmm. You know, what, what does that mean, um, you know, in terms of our purpose as humanity in life? Do we actually mm-hmm. have purpose uh, beyond that? If, if AI and the machines can do anything and everything we're supposed to do better, Right. Mm-hmm. Everything from um, tending the garden. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Like um, I just saw a, a video of an AI robot that can literally go in and clean restrooms um, mm. much more efficiently and much more spotless than a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, so, and then there's morality and ethics and there's all these things that I think come into play there. Um, and then I think there's, you know, there's other concerns that we have in terms of bad actors in our society mm. being able to take this and the sinful nature of it and how that temptation will creep yep. into almost every aspect of our life, right? Mm-hmm. Simple things mm-hmm. where um, if you're able to employ AI to do the stuff of your work, um, do you take credit for it or is there attribution? And mm. you take all the shortcuts um, and just submit it as is where you mm. really know that it's not your best work, um, that there, mm. there probably needs to be some, you know, human oversight or human in, interaction with the content that you produce, et cetera. So mm. those are some of the issues. I think there's plenty, plenty more that we can nerd out on if we wanted to. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the bad actors one is, is a fascinating thing to think about. Cause I think, you know, I, I generally we have been I've been a fairly pro tech person. Like I'm like, I think technology on balance has helped humanity. I think, yeah. you know, the last 30 years of development has been, um, you know, it's that whole thing, right? It raised people out of poverty. You know, it has it has helped in a ton of ways. But there are bad actors out there who are will leverage technology and will leverage this round of technology. And I think there's a creeping sense of, man, like maybe it wasn't a great idea to hand social media to, uh, you know, kids and like the, the negative impact that it's had on them. I, you know, I have friends in their twenties who are ditching their iPhones and getting flip phones because they're so frustrated with what's happened with Instagram to them and what it's done to them. And that's like, and that's not a few people I know, you know, handfuls of people who are doing that. And I, you know, can see that for sure. Well, let's, let's pivot and, and think now about what we should be thinking about on how do we leverage this technology? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leverage you as a consultant, a coach. I know this is the kind of thing you're helping people all across the country think about this. And um, let's say I'm a church, I'm an executive pastor of a church, maybe 1,500, 2,000. I've got a staff team of 15 or 20 people. And I'm thinking, how can I leverage AI? What should I be thinking about 
today? Like, like this quarter, you know, I know there's, there's stuff coming in the future, but what should I be thinking about? Like even today around how we should leverage it? How should I be coaching my team to think about it? Yeah, I think there's four general buckets that you could think of in terms of where AI can actually help in your ministry workflows. One is because it's all language-based at first, it's uh, communications, whether it's helping Mm -hmm. you write better emails, social media, newsletters, bulletin inserts, Mm -hmm. right? Ads, all anything to do with language communications, Mm -hmm. I think is, is a good one. Um, We are now seeing AI go, um, here's a nerdy word, multimodal. And Mm, multimodal just means, it just means different form factors, different way, different outputs. So instead of just text, um, Mm -hmm. AI is now, you're going to see a lot more tools, you know, image generation, video generation, Mm -hmm. audio generation. Mm -hmm. And so anything that's to do with communications is definitely um, an easy Mm -hmm. place that you can envision Mm -hmm. AI helping. Second one, I think, is actually a, a much bigger benefit, and that's research, whether it's helping mm. you brainstorm, summarize contents, come up with topic suggestions, um, you know, finding topics that you're not um, fully versed on, but you want to get up to speed mm. quickly and you know, get quick teachings on that topic. No, that's great. Um, a third bucket is analyzing things and organizing things. It's great with data manipulation, taking unstructured Mm -hmm. data, make it structured, extracting core Mm -hmm. concepts, reorganizing things, even planning. Um, Recently, Mm -hmm. I just used AI to plan a project. Um, Mm -hmm. And the last one I would say is just improvement. Because AI, this generative AI thing that we have right now is basically trained on millions and millions of examples of content that is just consumed. It understands Mm -hmm best practices, pattern recognition of all the best things out there. So it can help you improve things like content logic, the logic of your Mm. arguments. Um, It could actually help you take it and produce discussion questions and and clarify those questions so it aligns with what you're trying to message Um, or reframing the content that you have so that it actually um, resonates better with different segments or audiences. So those are, I think, four interesting ways that you can actually think of it. And at the end of the day, I think here's the one tip I I would say is you should think of it as not a push button, like a one button push button candy machine. And, you know, you push the button and out pops out a nice shiny wrapper that you just open up and consume as is. Yes. You really need to think of it as a seminary student intern. Mm. Thinking that. Oh, that's good. It's pretty intelligent. Uh, It's open-minded, it has a heart to serve, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. know everything. And as with an intern, you're going to assign it a task, it's going to come back, and it's not going to get it right every single time. In fact, most of the times it won't get it perfect. But (laughs) through conversation and through redirection, you are able to train it to go back and do it again and again and again. And here's the difference uh, versus a IRL intern in real life intern and and Mm -hmm. an AI intern is has a perfect attitude no matter how much tasks you throw at it it just says (laughs) thank you my pleasure how do I do more right and so uh, this is a great way to think of it I think in terms of having a conversation develop that relationship with the AI where it's a seminary student intern in your office yeah that's so good I know 
I've had a couple really great interactions where I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so helpful. One of them was exactly we talk about unstructured data. Uh, we had a number of um, feedback on a thing we did. So it was like a forum we sent out to people and it was like, give us your comments. And there's there's obviously the, you know, we had lots of like rate it one to five, all that kind of stuff. But then there was open comments. And you know, this, this can be somewhat unruly because it's like, what do we do with all this? So what I, what we did was literally take, took all that, copy and pasted it, dumped it into ChatGPT, informed ChatGPT, very similar to what you're saying, informed it like, hey, I'd like you to think like you are, uh, you know, going to read through all this information and, and try to draw out some in, insightful insights from this. And, you know, it, it started to generate, we asked it for statistical, what kind of things we're talking about, what, you know, what were the, you know, what were some of our learnings that we could pull out of it? Now, we ultimately went back in and pulled out and tried to find, um, you know, which was amazing. It was incredible, super helpful, very quick, um, and was able to verify. And it was, you know, it cut back, I don't know, hours, probably eight hours of work it would have taken to do that. Um, and to be honest, what would have happened is we wouldn't have done it. Like, you know, we wouldn't have actually looked at all that customer feedback, or in this case, you know, this kind of guest feedback, we just wouldn't have. Another one we did, we have a program where very similar kind of thing, um, where we ask, we, we send kids to camp and um, we provide financial resources for them. And a part of what we do is we give them like um, a form to fill out. And they we ask them to write. We don't tell them. We ask them if they could write like a little descriptor of their story. Well, so similarly, I asked, I asked ChatGPT to think like a fundraising expert. And I said, here's a whole bunch of stories from people. Can you pull out the five most salient stories that will motivate? And then I gave a description of the donor that I was trying to communicate with. And man, it pulled out these great stories. And then we manipulated them and kind of you know, massaged them to make them anonymous. It did all that work for us. Again, we I could have done that work. That would have taken a day. Ended up took take maybe ninety minutes to do what would have taken a day. So I, there's, I think there's lots of stuff like that if we start to think creatively around how we can help. Now, let me be the 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 devil's advocate, which is maybe the wrong thing to say as a church leader, but you know, I, there's something like twenty percent. I think you told me this. Twenty percent of churches don't have a website, like they, which is crazy to me. Uh, so why should we be moving? Moving on to AI, like is this is this as foundational as the web? Is this as important as you know as that at this point, or are we still kind of in the early adopter phase? Yeah, we are, so we are definitely in the early adopter phase of this thing, and much earlier than any other technology that's been released to the public, right? So think about ChatGPT and all these chatbots. Um, it actually doesn't work if you think about it, right? It 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 hallucinates, basically gives you false facts. Um, it actually sends back wonky answers sometimes. It's not something that Apple would release to the public as is. No. There's a lot no. more development that would happen, right? Steve Jobs would kick it back to the engineers and say, you guys have to pull an all-nighter and continue to work on this thing. So yep. we are at the very, very beginning. And recently there was a survey, I think only 17% 17 of uh, adults in America have tried ChatGPT. So it isn't. it hasn't hit in terms Which of is a lot of people, usage. but not a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people, but not a lot. Um, so I think we are at the very beginning. But I do think that this is something that is definitely, again, it's not VR goggles. It's not blockchain. Um, we yes. went through those new cycles of fads. And sure, there's definite, definite really good use cases for each one of those. But to have this massive penetration across the entire landscape of society i don't know if those are ready yet um mm -hmm. but i do think that right now 
we we are in a position and again you're seeing it in the headlines fortune 1000 companies are adopting this today if you don't have something to say about ai to your stakeholders and shareholders in any corporation today you're behind um mm -hmm. and i think that's really a sentiment of what's going on this is here to stay and it's going to become much more pervasive than we even think and i do, I do think you know i think you said it correctly at some point it's going to be normalized so like all this fad news coverage is going to die down but mm -hmm. it is going to continue to be pervasive in its reach and mm -hmm. i think it's it's up to us as the church not to be left behind because again this isn't like oh you didn't hop on the vr goggle train you're in trouble no it's not like mm -hmm. that this is this is a lot mm -hmm. more serious um mm -hmm. the future of ai is pervasive it's personalized and it really mm. is going to be something that is going to accelerate and provide mm. opportunities for those that adopt, but it also is going to really drag the people that don't, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. You and I are men of a certain age. We'll, we'll say it that way. And I know for me, it feels very much like the early days of the web. Like I can distinctly remember like... 95 96 being like oh my goodness like this is a huge deal like the 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 idea of being able to organize the world's information and have it at a click away you know when it still felt like you would click on something and you would go to like i'm in germany now you felt like you were you know on some server somewhere in you know uh, some other part of the world um, when you look back at what the internet was at that point, it was wonky. It was it didn't work. It was broken. There was no good way to access the information. There was no centralized way to. It wasn't organized well. Um, but man, it made a huge difference. I personally, I would, I totally agree with you that I think it's in that this is at that same kind of level of of yeah. um, you know of importance. I know sometimes Kenny, because this is what I love about you as a friend, Kenny, you're such a good early adopter on so many things. And like, I remember you were like a Google glasses, uh, you know, early adopter and you were like, this is revolutionizing. And I'm like, they're goofy. This is, they're terrible. No one's ever going to wear those. And what I don't want people to do is to, is to put this in that category. Cause it's not, it is, this is not that kind of thing. Um, it's a, it's a massive deal that we need to be, you know, you don't need to be thinking about it all day long, but it should occupy a small part of your brain and think, hmm, how can I, what, how can I leverage that? Oh, I absolutely. think in the same in the same way that churches, progressive growing churches that are making a difference would not operate without a database. You would never think like, oh, we wouldn't have a church management system. The same is going to be true for AI. You're going to have some sort of interface that's going to help you engage with your people, both from a communications and a connection point of view. That's going to be AI uh, you know, driven for sure, 100%. That, you know, and I can say that without, you know, without you know, any hesitation for sure. I think it's going to be hugely important. Yeah, and I think here's the difference uh, between this and other quotes technologies. Um, AI isn't just about tech. It's right. more about building a culture of learning and adaptability, right? It's more about having a growth mindset and really asking that innovation question of how might we take the best of AI to apply to what our mission and objectives are and what we do in our work. You don't have to be a techie to leverage AI. You just need to be a problem solver. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, again, if you go mm -hmm. back to that seminary intern type of thing, like if you had a team of robust interns to be able to do a lot of, you know, work for you at your disposal, mm -hmm. what else could you get done in your ministry? And I think that's a little bit of the sentiment that people have to have here. Mm -hmm. Totally true. That's so good, dude. Well, anything else you'd like to say as we kind of 
round the corner here and, uh, and and close this bad boy down. Anything else you'd love to that we should be thinking about or wrestling with as we think about AI? Um, yeah, I just I just hope that everyone takes that first step of trying it out. There's so many mm-hmm. naysayers. Back in the day when I was a church online pastor, right? It's it feels yes. there's it feels very similar where. Um, there are a lot of darts being thrown at you if you're an advocate for AI in the church. Um, sure. And what's interesting then and the interesting now is there are a lot of people that actually haven't tried the actual thing that yeah. they are objecting to. And right. I would just say, um, go out and try it. Uh, there's a lot of free tools out there like ChatGPT. There's Claude.ai. And I think you'll mm-hmm. be pretty amazed. I think a really st- small step that you could take is Literally copy paste something that you've written. Maybe it's an email to somebody or um, part of your sermon that you've written or just some content. Take copy paste some content, put it in there and just ask it a a couple of questions. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me what I'm trying. Would you share with me and summarize what I'm trying to get across in this piece of communication and Mm. how might I improve it? to bring more clarity, more, um, you know, compelling call to action. Um, Mm -hmm. How might I actually um, make it more understandable? Just Mm -hmm. ask some basic questions and see what it comes back with and have a conversation. They're called conversational chatbots for a reason. Have a conversation Mm -hmm. about that thing you just copy pasted into. Just just one Mm -hmm. simple step. And I think Mm -hmm. that will give you a lot more understanding and hopefully inspiration in terms Mm -hmm. of how to actually potentially use this for more things that you might've thought it could be used for. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, Kenny, I really appreciate this. I, uh, we didn't talk about this before he came on, but I do want to send people to AI for church leaders.com. This is a, was a conference, an online conference that you put together. Tell me about this. Uh, you know, what, this was amazing. What an incredible resource for people. I think this could be a great starting point for people who are listening in saying, Hey, here, I could kind of dive deep dive and kind of get up to speed quickly. Tell me what, uh, what is AI for church leaders.com? Yeah, so we, uh, you're right. We kicked it off with a um, a large event with thousands of church leaders, but it has turned into a ongoing learning platform. It's a place to actually get regular learning, training, etc., for you and your staff. So if you want to learn how to leverage AI for ministry, whether it's specific tools like ChatGPT or Jasper or Midjourney or any of these geeky platforms that you've heard of, um, there's some really accessible training in there as well as advanced stuff. And then we have monthly workshops and webinars to do that. And I think one of the best sections uh, in inside AI for Church Leaders is the section that deals with leadership topics regarding AI adoption. So if you're mm. really early on this AI adoption curve and you have some basic questions, that's the that's the place that I would start with inside that says, you know, as a, as a church leader, should I trust AI? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is it something that I could use for my volunteers and my staff? Um, what are the ethics around it? What's the future of it? You know, what are some of the questions that a pastor should be asking? Uh, things mm-hmm. about AI policies, all those leadership topics is a great way to start. That's not the nerdy, nerdy stuff um, mm-hmm. that actually I think would be helpful for any church leader that's listening in today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. I, I, so again, 
Friends, Kenny is a, a real expert in this area. He is, as we've been joking, the Bishop of AI. He's really on the forefront, helping us understand and piecing this together. It's a bit of the Wild West, but it's going to make an impact on you know so many people, so many you know ministries. It's going to help us reach more people. I know there's so many church leaders that are listening in or saying, listen, I want to lead a kind of ministry that makes a difference, that sees more people get connected with Jesus and sees those people grow closer. And I do think that AI is going to help us do that. And it's, you know, I don't think we should be afraid of it. I don't think it's like, oh, it's going to, it's the end of the world or whatever. Um, you know, we know how the story ends and he still sits on the throne. And so let's use all this technology. Let's find a way to say, hey, we can use this to, you know, to, to reach more people, see them grow closer to Jesus. So thanks so much, Kenny. Where else do we want to send people if they want to track with you online? Uh, how else do we want people to connect with you? Uh, just as we wrap up this two-part episode, so good. Absolutely. Um, I'm available on socials. If you Google me, it's uh, it's not hard to find me. Uh, the other invitation I would say is um, join our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group under the same yeah. name, AI for Church Leaders Facebook group. Um, we're growing rapidly. We crossed 4,000 last month. I, will, I think we're going to reach 5,000 members this month. And it's just a, it's a hyperactive group. And it's a place mm -hmm. for people, again, people that have never even tried AI. If you just want to lurk and listen and see what mm -hmm. people, other churches are doing, I think that's one of the best places to learn about AI for ministry because in the news you hear about how AI is being used for lawyers and manufacturing, et cetera. But here in that group, you've literally got thousands of peers learning together. And so right. the AI for Church Leaders Facebook group, I think, is a great place um, as a next step. That's great. Thanks for being here, Kenny. Appreciate you. Appreciate your friendship. Appreciate all the ways that you help so many people. Thanks for, for being on the show today. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.